Hello, hello, and welcome to For Book's Sake. I'm Heather Roberts. I am Veronica Adams, and we are 1852 Media. We are indeed, and we are going to be talking today about some author bad takes and how you can avoid them. Yes. So Veronica doesn't know whole lot about this first one. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm aware of some of the bad takes we're going to be discussing, but I have willfully remained blind to the first one just for, you know, <clears throat> shock value and reactions and You're right. fun. So you'll be getting me slightly under-caffeinated <laughs> we- weekend morning version, uninformed, unfiltered version of my reactions to this. Yes. So there's... <laughs> This is about tropes, okay? This is about tropes. We love tropes. We love tropes. I love a, I love a trope. I love a trope love as a, a trope. reader. I love a trope as a book marketer. I love a trope. I love a trope. Readers love tropes. Readers yes. that romance is predictable because of tropes. Tropes make things predictable. That is why people like reading romance because it's predictable. You yep. basically know what's going to happen. It is yes. a comfort genre. Okay, you can throw some twists and turns in there and whatnot, and it makes things more interesting. That is that is what you do as an author. Right. But generally speaking, specific tropes are more comforting than others, too. You know, every a lot. I won't say everyone because, you know, there's always an outlier, but most people have their comfort trope, what they go to when they want to feel good inside. Mm -hmm. This is why Hallmark has been in business for years and years and years yes. with their movies, right? And people make fun of them, but then also watch them because they're comforting. Yes. So, do you do you have a comfort trope, Heather? I do. Have, I have I have several comfort tropes, but I love a small town romance with romantic suspense. Uh, oh. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. It's good stuff. I love it. <laughs> Especially if a yeah. Hits the spot, scratches the itch, does it for you every single time. Every time. Every time. Heroin in peril mm-hmm. and a small town. I, I mean, if it's in uh, New England, even better. Yes. You know, I happen to, I live in Vermont. I love Vermont. I love books based in Vermont. <laughs> Give me a Christmas tree farm owner and oh, a heroin in peril. Hallmark holiday, happily ever after. With some spice. So yes. not totally Hallmark, but yeah. Okay. The Hallmark Com- to HBO Hallmark. pipeline. Yeah. Yes. Hallmark to Netflix pipeline. What's your comfort trope, Veronica? Oh, okay. I have two. Friends to lovers in any genre, right? Like subgenre of romance. Okay? Yeah. Like I just. I, I don't know. That is, that's how my husband and I got together. We were friends to lovers. Yeah. So I guess maybe like that's the lane I'm in. So it's the lane you love. Love that. And then also I am a sucker for the billionaire boss office romance. You like, are, you are. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> I just, I just love it. So yeah. I don't know what that's about. Cause I've I mean, never had a boss that I had a crush on, but like, Ooh. You love it. Ooh. I do love a billionaire romance. I yeah. my second comfort trope, I would say, would be very close to sort of Fifty Shades of Grey premise, where you have yes. a billionaire who falls in love with a average 
like monetarily wise. Forget forget Christian. Gideon Cross. Yeah. Fire series. Sylvia Day. Gideon like, Cross. All day right. long. Like that is. Yeah. Gideon is my. Whew. Gideon Cross. Yeah. yeah, yeah Makes yeah. my heart go. Not that there's patter. anything wrong with Christian Gray. I'm just sure, saying. No. Like. But I think that that is. I'm bringing in the it back. Battle of the billionaires. I would pick Gideon all day long. Same. I would even throw in the uh, Jay Kenner series with Ooh. Uh, oh, Damien. Uh-huh. I, I was Damien like, Stark? I almost had a mental break there. Yeah, Damien yes. Stark. I love him too. Yes. Love Damien Stark. Yes, for sure. I just bring it back to 50 because I think that that's where it originated. It's the OG. It, yeah. It's the OG. And I, I love a little light BDSM in the book too. <laughs> Not 50 style. That doesn't really, eh, it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. But there are other authors who I mm-hmm. personally think do it better. And um, yeah, you throw in romantic suspense in there. I'm I'm like, I'm hooked. So that's my yes. personal trope. Yeah. I also like a, I also like a rom-com in mm. the billionaire boss trope subgenre. Right. Like, like, I like it lighthearted. I like it, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah very like almost chiclet kind of mm-hmm. heroine's journey right but then also you've got yeah. the office romance happening between her and the mogul she works for so yes we love or it him. mm is cool too so yes tropes tropes have been done so many times we just mentioned multiple so series tropes. and multiple series that right in the similar trope mm-hmm. yeah. some could argue they're the same book they're not the same book but not even close not even close a lot of similarities but there's a I, lot I, of similarities absolutely definitely not the same book not the same not series. even close and this is why i love having tropes because you can write totally different books with similar yeah. feels that is literally yeah. the point i mean if we look at the alex cross books and james oh, patterson yeah. in mystery yeah. they are literally the same book over and over and over he solves a mystery it is a trope it's wonderful people eat them up because they love the predictability of it yes. okay you know exactly how your brain is going to get massaged while you are on this yes. adventure and it's, it's exactly what you need you're right so there is an author this past week Uh-oh. uh-huh author trelini trelina pucci Oh, I know Trulina. Trulina, I don't know her personally. I know of her. I am familiar with her books and her brand. She unfortunately had a bad take this past week. She wrote in 2022, I believe it was December-ish of 2022, released Tangled and Tinsel. uh, Very popular. That sounds like a great holiday title. It was a Snowden Why Choose Romance. Yes. Yes. We love a Snowden Why Choose Romance. And... All, all was well. I mean, she was very successful with that title. I remember seeing it come out. I remember seeing how popular it was. The cover was, you know, red, had some tinsel, right. had some, like, it was great. So, unfortunately, there's another author who released a book on October 24th of this year, 2023. Her so name. Like five days ago, as we are recording this podcast. Yes. Okay. Her name is Eva Ashwood. Okay. The book was titled, hold please, Unwrapped by Them, and it is a Snowden Why Choose Romance. But Unwrapped by Them gives me reverse harem vibes. We got a like an MFM Minaj reverse harem situation going on here. Yes, I think they both technically are that, but they're using Why Choose as the the instead of the reverse harem because of the the questioning of the terms. But yes, I believe they're both 
Okay, the light bulb is fully on now. I swear to God, I had my coffee this morning. But yes, of course. Why choose? Why choose between? Yes. 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 Here we are. Last horse crosses the finish line. Here you are. Welcome. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. So she, Eva was promoting her title, right? As one does. And she was posting these countdown teasers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Trelini decided to post her feelings and started commenting on some of these Instagram posts on Eva's page. What? Yes. Saying things like, whoa, hot teaser. I almost thought this was me. Merry Christmas. Oh, girl, no. Yeah. Then she, we don't do that. Yeah. She we th- don't do that. She then apparently posted a three minute rant, which she has since taken down. Good. And I I can't find it anywhere. So that's actually that is a blessing for you, Trelini, because if I can't find it, it no one's posted it's it been again. Pretty well it's scrubbed. Been pretty well yeah. scrubbed. But there is then a story that she had posted um, where she has a finger, her middle finger going like this on her eye and the caption, she posts in big words that says the photo of a girl who is hella tired of her plots, premises and fucking ideas repurposed by authors, smaller and larger. Get your own ideas, losers. Jesus Christ. Okay. I, I heard that last line in Donald Trump's voice. (laughs) (laughs) She also posted, she continued to troll. Who calls someone else a loser? It's 2023. I know. She continued to troll Eva uh, on Instagram, posting comments like, what a cover, where'd you get the idea? Which I've seen both covers. They are not even close to the same. Like, not even close to the same. Trelina thinks that she invented white shoes and that it belongs to her. Like apparently white shoes snowed in romance. She has apparently decided that she's cornered the market. Did, did she trademark it? Well, you can't. Did you copyright it? You can't. Because it's did a she trope. register it in any way, shape, or form. No, obviously not. Also, so there that's is the I know, I know. Point. Oh my god. I know, I know, that's your point. So there's a oh. there's a TikTok creator who actually received an arc of Eva's book. Okay. She had read Tangled in Tinsel, right? So like she read Trulina's book and then she got an arc of Eva's book. Yes, and she read it. Okay. And she found no similarities whatsoever. She okay. then, after this started, she started seeing all this happening. She then actually took both titles, which don't do this, kids, but okay. She took both titles and ran them through a plagiarism checker just to make sure that well, she wasn't. Well, I mean, they exist for a reason. Sure. And it came, the only identical or similar things in the title was the copyright page. <laughs> yeah. So there okay. is, there's no allegation of plagiarism here. Names, places, pacing, descriptive words. Spicy scenes. None of it is. None of it is similar or the same. Okay. The only thing that's the same is the trope, and that it's a why choose which hello romance. I believe actually <laughs> one of them has one more guy than the other. Like so, it's not even like the same amount of men. What the 
actual fuck is happening in Romance Landia? We're talking about a white shoe situation between different group sizes. Yes. And an author is butthurt that her idea was allegedly stolen. Like, what's worse is that I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but I imagine things did happen behind the scenes because Eva. That's usually what leads to this kind of drama. Eva took the book down. (gasps) No, she didn't. She did. She took the book down. She was bullied enough to take the fucking book down. And kids, that is not okay. That is not okay. Eva is a smaller author than Trelini. Yeah, Trelina, I, I cannot. When you, I keep. When you mentioned, yeah. She's, you know, she has a decent following on TikTok. I mean, she has several account, two accounts, and they have like thirty four thousand followers. Like, so she has a decent. That's really good. Yeah, yeah. she has a great TikTok following. Her, but her books are not as popular. This just goes to show you your social media, you know, likes and follower counts is not always, you know, translate into sales. Yeah. But yeah, she bullied her enough to take, to get her to take the freaking book down. Oh my God. Which is infuriating. If there was an actual. If anyone else ever tries to write a wide shoes, Trelina probably doesn't even have to say anything. Her readers are going to come for them. I mean, you know how many Snowden romances? I literally have two that I'm helping clients market right now. They're not why choose, but they're Snowden romances, forced proximity, because yeah. that is what you write in December, friends. November, yes. December, winter, holiday. Mm-hmm. People yes. like reading it. I yes. like reading it. Yes. Not a com- not one of my like go-to comfort tropes, but I happen to enjoy that trope. Uh, uh, obligatory return to hometown for the holidays. Yes. Snowden. Skiing vacation. I mean, like there, you just you just stick to the winter themes with your tropes for your holiday books. Yes, Snowden is very popular. Very popular. And there's a an author on uh, Facebook right now who is collecting in the comments um, titles of Snowden romances. Excellent, excellent. So we're all going to go support these authors and read their Snowden romances. Yes, because I I found that uh, amusing and great. Because I love when obviously someone in the community has a bad take, and rather than simply aggressively holding them accountable for that, the community bands together to support the people who are hurt by the bad take. Yes, which I, is I actually love lovely. It is truly I love lovely. That. But I feel like it's important to name names in this situation and to share exactly what happened because this is another situation of you can, I mean, you can have your goal or you can have your reaction. But also, this is another situation where you, you as an author should not be saying everything that comes to mind and perhaps also hire somebody like one of us, not saying us, but somebody like us. Or get close people who are willing to tell you when you are spewing thoughts that are not sane yes. Yes. and are going to speak yes. honestly to you. Yes. You should have someone that you can trust to speak freely to you and be at times painfully honest with you. If you don't have somebody like that on your team, you should get somebody like that on your team. Yes, because she obviously doesn't have that person on her team. Or if she yeah. does, she didn't use them. Yeah. Because any sane person who was being honest would have said, no, that is a trope. It is not anything like your title. 
<sighs> this has cocky gate vibes all over it's it. It's very cocky gate vibes. It's, oh. yeah. So I guess we learned nothing from the attempt oh. to trademark the word cocky. Did we ever learn anything? No, we just repeat the same mistakes over and over, over, and, over, over and over and over again. again. We're due for another plagiarism scandal in the next six months. We are. Like, well, speaking of, you know, th- not learning anything. So yes. another bad take that we had this week. Oh, yeah. And I feel like we have to address it. We do. We will address. I don't want to, but we do. Well, listen, we, we'll address things with authors, big or small. I mean, yeah. it's we we have to talk about these things because if we don't talk about them, we are destined to repeat them. So if we can get this information out to more people yeah. and talk about it in a in a in a way that is understandable and puts all the facts out, then we're, we're going to do it and is fair. We think fair. Hopefully uh, you do, too. Um, so Jody Pico, uh, who recently I've learned how to say her name correctly. Yes, it's Pico. So it's Pico. I had no idea. Yes. Yes. Um, if you were calling her Jody Picolt, that is not correct. It is Jody okay. Pico. So now we all know who I'm talking about because before people were probably like, who? Yeah. Jody Pico. So she has somewhat recently created a TikTok account and I'm thrilled about it. She's done a lot of amazing work uh, with yeah, love to you see know, it. book banning and uh, really getting the message out there about that. Yeah. She's had her book banned a lot. Uh, books yes, banned a she lot. Has. Yes. And she's been a very outspoken uh, advocate on behalf of, you know, anti-book banning and, and all of that. Uh, yeah. uh, she's done great work there. However, this week she had a bad take and she decided to post on TikTok. Uh, I guess it was in response to a question about self-publishing. Yes. And she, in the same video, said that indie publishing is taking the easy way out. And then also at the end of the video said that indie publishing is really hard. So it was a very perplexing video no 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 it wasn't i perplexing. mean it had traditionally published condescension written all yes, over no that, that it did i just you, meant she had you, conflicting <laughs> thoughts in the video <laughs> you you cannot i mean water is wet right like <laughs> and it just is what it is it was you a can't both, you can't both drag down the self-publishing option and that business model as the easy way out while, while then talking out of the other side of your mouth and saying that it's also ridiculously difficult and that publishing is difficult no matter what, whether you do the work to get a traditional contract or you do the work to build a brand as an indie Mm -hmm. without people seeing right through your bias toward the way you have gone down your author journey, which is as a traditionally published author. Which, yeah. I don't think it takes into consideration in any way, shape or form the benefits that Jody received as a traditionally published author, which not all traditionally published authors get. That is something we need to talk about because Jody has lived a privileged journey on this authoring journey yeah yes she has uh been the benefit of the traditional publisher or publishers who Mm -hmm. have seen her value and have 
been willing to not only invest. publish her books, but invest in her brand. Yes. In marketing her. In marketing her, books, her. In distributing her, in distributing her books. Yes. In going to bat for and helping increase the reach of her books. I mean. Not all. And it doesn't hurt that her books have been controversial, right? Yeah. Like. Controversy sells. But yes, here's the thing. That it does. I don't does Jody not speak to other traditionally published authors because Surely or does she, she does. only speak to people on her level? Because if she well, did speak to other traditionally published authors who are not on her level, she would very yeah. quickly learn that not everybody gets the same deals that she does. I right. mean, we exist as a marketing company partly because traditionally published contracts rarely include a marketing component there yes there is a huge vacuum or or lack of marketing support for authors who publish traditionally especially with small presses and in some cases with big five imprints right we've helped authors who've only gotten an ebook only traditional published deal yes and no marketing support whatsoever All of the marketing was on them. And they were, they were they were on the publisher's website and that was That was it. it. And they were told that depending upon how the books sold, so they tied their arms behind their back and then said, uh-huh. now if those books sells really well, we'll give you distribution deals with paperback. What? So you have to go out there and hustle for the ebook to make it successful. And then we might actually come in behind you and help support the book in other formats later. Later. Not at release. Later. Right. And let's – what? They're taking most of the profits of the ebook. So now you sure. are going out and working for them. You are hustling for, sure. for them. So to, you're splitting your royalties and, with the publisher and also all of the ebook All the ebook, ebook retailers. Their, right. Right. So you have just taken your royalty and split it probably 60-40 or better in favor of your publisher. So Sometimes 70-30, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. And so you're making significantly less than an indie author would. Correct. And doing all the work. A similar result because you're still doing all of the marketing work. The publisher isn't doing it for you. And this happens every day. This is actually uh, probably a better representation of a traditional publishing contract than Jody's, <laughs> Jody's. kind yeah. of contracts and support that Jody and authors who are at her level, Correct. as you describe it, uh, receive from their their contracts and their hundred percent. Hundred percent. Jody, what Jody has now, what she has earned, what she has built, because I don't want to take that away from her. No, like, she's done great work. She's written wonderful books. She has built a, a brand that readers respond to and love. She has earned her success, and I don't want to take that away from her. No, she's but done a great job. The support she gets from her publisher is not the same level of support that most traditional authors receive. Correct. And I'm not saying, but Jodi also had a team behind her when she was building her brand where a lot of traditional publishers or traditional authors do not have the same level of commitment from their publishers that she has been very blessed to receive. And some acknowledgement of that would have maybe been helpful in that video instead of simply saying that self-publishing is hard. Yes, of course it's hard, but also you get don't to keep. It's also the easy. Don't forget it's though, easy. It's also the easy yeah. Way out. Um, but you also get to keep all the profits. And then at the end, she conflated self-publishing companies with self-publishing. 
I'm like, I had to sit there and think, Jody, do you actually know what self-publishing is? Because she was saying, you know, she had several friends who were talking about going to self these self-publishing companies. One, they are vanity presses. Don't go to they a are. vanity press. Run from vanity presses. Well, I mean, I mean okay. if you want to get into bed and do business with a vanity press, do it fully informed and with your eyes what, open. What, yeah. what you're agreeing to, because what you're doing is you're doing a royalty share, a profit share with someone who's probably not going to do much for you. And you're paying them up front. Right. These vanity presses are even more disastrous, financially speaking, because you're going into your publishing journey deeper in debt, investing into your book because you pay the press to publish your book for you. So, and you're splitting the royalties with them. Exactly. Even worse than a small press who's just splitting royalties with you for doing nothing. Right. Very little, putting you on their website. Yeah. Maybe sending out a press release if you're lucky. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, it's It's not a great deal. I mean, it's it's really not. We don't obviously support them. No, we don't think that they're in an author's best interest, but there are authors out there who use them and who like doing business with them. And I, you know, that's their prerogative. Just know what you're getting yourself into. Exactly. And exactly. So Jody talks about at the end of her video, she talks about, you know, don't, don't do these things, whatever. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, Sitting there thinking, like Jody, that is the, not the only way to self-publish. She was speaking about it in the way that, like, that's the only way to self-publish. Yeah. Like, no, you can literally do everything yourself. You can. You also can distribute yourself. Yes, you can. can go to Barnes and get yourself in Barnes and Noble. You can get yourself in Books a Million. You can mm-hmm. get yourself in these places. There is a yes. process. It is risky. Um, and oftentimes requires some mm-hmm. capital <laughs> investment on your part. I mean, I shouldn't say oftentimes, 100% of the time requires capital investment on your part. Part of your strategy that you are going to have to invest money in first before you make a profit from it. It's not just going to magically happen for you. But if you want to do that, you can do that on your own. You do not need a traditional publisher to do that for you. Mm -hmm. Now, is the risk lower for you as an author if a traditional publisher does that for you? Yeah, 100%. That's the reason why people go to traditional well, publishing. Depending, one on of con- them. depending on your contract. Yeah. I mean, your your traditional contract may require you to reimburse the publisher for- That's true. For returns. Advances that they pay you that they don't actually uh, profit on. That's so, true. Yeah. I mean, it all depends. It all depends. Lawyer answer. But, but it is possible for the risk to be minimized. Uh, yes. If, and generally speaking, it is. Yes. If a traditional publisher does it for you. Exactly. You know, Sure. But something that um, author Catherine Beale brought up in a in a TikTok video uh, that I I don't know if you saw it, but I thought that it was it was very well spoken. Um, she was responding to Jody's video, and she was stating um, basically about how traditional publishing is a very gatekeeping mentality. It's sort of, so this is the old guard saying that you know we don't want you know, certain things published. New York Times bestseller list. Yes. Not a reflection of actual numerical bestsellers, a reflection of books that the New York Times editorial staff deems worthy of being on the list. Yes. 99% of them are traditional. 99.9% of them are traditionally published books. And they are not an accurate representation of the books that sold best that week. No, not at all. Not at all. And what Catherine's point was... was essentially that she's like, you know, Jody, you are such an advocate 
against mm-hmm. book censorship. So your take here is not – she said it much more eloquently, but basically yeah. saying that her take here does not – line up with her actual belief system that she's shown us that she believes. How how can you support an oppressive (laughs) system that, that squashes the publication of so many books that are probably wonderful books that readers will love in many cases, maybe not all, but in many, but in many great books that should have to be filtered through this system that gatekeeps them from the readers who could love them and enjoy them now. Right. When you yourself are an advocate against censorship, correct? Like it, it, it. There's some dissonance there that does not match up there, to be truly. so openly against censorship, and yet at the same time, also so openly in favor of the traditional publishing model that is, um, censoring. Yeah, and and not always just about putting out the best books available. Absolutely, it's very political. It can often. Often it's discriminates often against marginalized and discriminated yeah. against anyone who was not white and male. Yep. I mean, there are so many times that clients have come to us and have said that they mm-hmm. have tried to shop whatever title. Yep. That they, you know, to, to, to traditional publishers through agents and things like that. And yes. the response they've gotten was that no one wants to read this. No one's going to read this. We are not going to, you know, publish it because no one wants to read it. Yeah. And then they go and publish the book. And shockingly, there are readers, not I'm saying sarcastically, there are Thousands readers them, usually. who want to read this. And why would that be? Um, because they see something in this title that the traditional publishers just don't value. That's the thing. So do we want, well, you know, we I, I think also traditional publishers still have a bias against romance specifically. And absolutely. We deal largely in romance. It the market has just absolutely exploded mm-hmm. in the last 10 years, give or take. Yeah. And largely due to self-publishing. And romance readers are generally pretty voracious. And Very. a lot of them can keep up with the most prolific authors out there. You know, you can write a book every 30 days. There is a group of readers out there who will absolutely yep. be loyal to you and will buy a book every 30 days. They will eat like, it, it up. They exist. Yes. Yes. They exist in and, mass. And if you get your marketing game together, you can turn five and six figure profits. Yeah. Being that prolific. Oh, yeah. And these are books that New York publishing houses would probably turn their noses up at Mm -hmm. for a variety of reasons, not because they're poorly written or anything like that, but because of the type of romance or the length or, you know, what have you, any, any other, anything else that they might find. It doesn't fit into their mold that they're currently trying to shop. That always drove me nuts. So people were. In, in traditional publishing, for those that don't know, they try to predict trends. And then yes. they – essentially what they try to do is make fetch happen, okay? Yes. They try to create the trends and slash predict them and make fetch happen in about a year from now. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Mm-hmm. Well, what has happened now is Book Talk has come along – and before that, it was Facebook and Instagram. But Book Talk has, and I've said this from the very beginning, it has brought out um, or brought in, I should say, 
a lot of traditional readers, people that only ever read romance through book traditionally published titles. Like trade trade paperbacks off of the end cap at your local yeah. supermarket or your brick and mortar book. It has introduced right? those people to indie authors in a yes. big, big way. It's been yes. amazing. And before uh Book Talk existed, you could only truly really access them through the traditional publishers. So that was a big challenge. How do you yeah. find these readers? who aren't on Facebook, who aren't, you know, in romance landy, as we call it. Right. Well, now that now book talk has sort of come in and, and break in that barrier, broken, broken, whatever. Um, they've come through smash and that smash the barrier. And so it's essentially caused a bit of a upheaval, I think, with the prediction game that, the traditional publishers used to be able oh, to yeah. successfully employ because yeah. now the book talk readers can make something popular overnight. They can make a genre, a subgenre popular overnight. Whereas before we were all sort of, you know, pushed along into believing that XYZ was going to be popular because that's what there were, you know, 20 books coming out from traditional publishers that had to do with cowboys. So cowboys must be right. popular. Right. See what I'm saying here? And now that doesn't work anymore. It's glorious. I love it. Amazing. It's amazing. It's broken the whole genre wide open. It's connected readers who never would have found indie authors before. I think just so many positive things to say about it. Not that there aren't also some negative considerations too, but in this particular instance with, with Jody's not so great take, the math just ain't mathin'. Like, this is this is a failure to grow mindset situation here. Yeah. Like Jody appreciates the hand that has fed her. Yes. And I, I get that. I respect it. Sure. But also bad take. Totally yeah. bad take. Because yeah, self-publishing is really hard. It is it really is. hard. She's a hundred percent correct about that part of it. Yeah. But for those who are consistent and treat it like a business, it can be extremely rewarding and profitable. Yeah. I mean, I remember at the beginning of the year, um, I was speaking with an agent and she actually, she was very honest and she, I always appreciate her honesty and she was speaking very openly about this. And she was saying, even sometimes she'll have clients come to her and Mm -hmm. say, I want to shop this book and they're indie authors and, you know, very successful in their own right and say, I want to shop this title. And she'll look at them and, and be like, why? Like, why do you, I mean, that breaks into her. What, what, what about this book do you want to give control and part of your profits to a company? Correct. Like, what is the purpose of this? Which it goes against what, you know, cause she's going to get paid if she ends up selling this book. Right. So it only would benefit her theoretically if she just said, okay, great. And let's go. She should smile and go great. Let's shop it. But she's an honest person. And so she was looking at them and she's like, why would you want to do that? Like what, tell me why. And there are occasionally, there are valid reasons why sometimes you would want to go if you are independently, Mm -hmm. you're an indie author and you're doing well. Yeah. And this particular author, she was saying, wanted to go to this one imprint. She wanted her to shop it specifically to this one imprint because she saw the value in having a hybrid, uh, being hybrid author, meaning she's traditionally published and Listen, if I'm in KU, 
I'd give an agent a manuscript to shop to Montlake or yeah. Lake Union. And that is any exactly, of Amazon's imprints that might fit my book. That is exactly what was happening. She wanted yeah. a Montlake um, imprint release. Yeah. Because Absolutely. she is a KU author, and frankly, that is a fantastic strategy. It was a strategy move. It was an open-eyed well, strategy move. Go that way in the yeah. last two or three years, and it is a smart strategy move. It is. So, it is. if you're going to do something like that, mm-hmm. make sure there's an intent and purpose behind it. Is all I'm saying. Yeah. Right. You know, just giving control of your work to somebody else for no reason and for really yeah. no money. Yeah. Because let's not lie, these most traditional authors are not getting advances. No. They're not getting advances. No. They don't exist for most people. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And just to back up for a second, for those of you listening who are unfamiliar with Montlake, and I also mentioned Lake Union. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Those are Amazon. Those are Amazon publishing imprints. Correct. So for authors who are already in Kindle Unlimited, they're exclusive with Amazon in terms of how they distribute their eBooks anyway publishing deal with Amazon, any of Amazon's imprints, as Amazon does, it takes care of its own. It can be very lucrative for the author across their entire backlist, not just for the book that they release via Amazon. Correct. Correct. So, so anyway, think about why you're trying to do what you're trying to do. Are you trying to get traditionally published because you don't have the time to be an indie author? That is a valid, that's valid. I'm not trying to say don't be a traditionally published author. Just what we're trying to say, I think is to understand what the landscape looks like Mm -hmm. and pick your, pick your path and just go into it with wide open eyes. Yes. And know that your path isn't and necessarily going to be someone else's path. Well, yeah. And don't be condescending toward people who are on a path that's different from yours. Correct. Jody. Jody. I don't think she meant to be condescending. I don't my think God, so did either. It, did it come off that way? She posted like, a second video that basically, I, yeah. yeah, she was trying to walk it back and then realized that that wasn't working either. So yeah, she took them both down. But people are still talking about it. You know, obviously she took them down because she realized it was, I hope, a bad take um, and not her intention. So, and not to discount, like we were saying in the beginning, not to discount all the great work Jodi has done with censorship and her books are great. All the great work Jodi has done as an author. I love her books. Her books are fantastic. They're wonderful. Yeah. And I think that that's what a lot of people are sort of wrestling with is, you know, they're they're fans, you know, they're fans and- this author that they truly respect and have, you know, mm-hmm. have always thought great things of has come out mm-hmm. with this, with this bad take. So yep. Yep. I think that leads us into our uh, marketing tip of the week. Oh yeah. You've got a good one too. I spoiler alert. I heard it before we started recording. This is good. It, it goes into what we've been saying this whole time, but just because you think something doesn't mean you should post it on social media. <laughs> And okay. this go- this is a true marketing tip for real. No, it, it, it absolutely 100% is. You need to run your thoughts through a filter before you put it onto social media for public consumption. I mean, you don't have to. Uh, you you don't have to, but it, this goes back to you can have your goal or reaction. Yeah. I mean, think about the effect of the words that you are typing or speaking. Mm-hmm. W- what would that... What are you going to mm-hmm. get? 
for you out of what you are putting on social media. This is for a business. I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to censor anybody. You can say whatever you want to say on social media, but you don't get to choose the consequences. You get to choose your actions. mm -hmm. Others Mm -hmm. get to choose your consequences. Yeah. So yeah. if you, I, yeah, yeah, I am as a reader, this is me speaking as a reader, not as a marketer, not as someone in, in romance landia in any way, shape or form, just as a reader privately, I'm probably not going to buy another one of Trelina's books until she apologizes for this Eve thing that with Eve Ashwood, like that is just that that's a hard line for me. Like that's bullying and mm-hmm. it's icky. It's awful. You know, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna vote on that particular issue quietly with my wallet and not support the bullying author until there has been some sort of accountability and apology. And if that never happens, okay. Then she's lost a reader. Other authors for me to read. That's the thing. With this saturated market, yeah. You can be who you want to be. I'm you know, just know that there are potentially consequences if you decide right. to take some bad takes. Right. And if you don't want there to be those types of consequences, be a nice human and, you know, treat others well in this industry and it will come back to you. Yeah. yeah. Also, not everything you think needs to be no. shared publicly on your little social media diary. Like that's just, that's a common sense, good behavior practice to engage in no matter what you share or post about. Yeah. Not everything you think needs to be a post it's or true. a snap or a tweet or an X. Are they still tweets even though it's X now? I don't know what they're called now. I'm not on the platform anymore. I'm not either. It got so toxic. I had to just abandon it. I like, left. I still have an account, but oh, I don't yeah, same. It ever. I don't either. Is it an X now? Maybe an X. I don't know. What... I should know, right? I, your husband would know. He does, I'm sure. I should have asked him. I don't know what it's called. I think it's an X now. I don't know. Mm. But that is a marketing tip. I broke up with it, so it's an X to me, I guess. For for business purposes, really think about what is each post trying to do for your business. Yeah. And you can speak about things that are controversial. I'm not saying that. And you should speak about things that are controversial if you as a person who owns this business is passionate about those things. Absolutely. Just do it in a way that comes from a place of knowledge and Mm -hmm. understanding and know that, you know, you're going to potentially get some controversy on it. Fine. Prepare yourself for that. Be, be solid in your stance enough to be able to take whatever that is. Yeah. And just, you know, know how that's going to go. That's fine. Do that. But what we're saying is don't just, you know, have a thought and immediately post it on the internet without any sort of thought behind it. Their author's Instagram and don't do that. That's just bad. Direct directly imply that they stole their book idea from you. Like that's really bad. I mean, if they did that, okay, fine. But like if they really did that, your lawyer should be talking to their Yeah, you should not be Yeah, you should not be commenting. If if there's a real plagiarism yeah. allegation here do not absolutely no refer to yeah. legal yes yeah. don't engage why are you engaging engaging makes you look petty and as much as we love a petty moment on the internet we do judges don't so they really don't veronica and i've been there they they don't oh god they don't have we it. ever 
And especially if you're talking about federal copyright issues, if you federally filed your copyright, you're going to be finding yourself in federal court. I will tell you that federal judges have even less of a sense of humor than state court judges. Yes. Like we're we're talking exponentially less. <laughs> so you might find yourself very funny right now, but all of my most like hateful and or grouchy, grumpy, make you want to shrivel up and die moments from practicing law come from federal court. Every single one of them. Oh yeah. Every single oh, yeah. one of them. Oh yeah. Woo! Yeah. Thanks for the walk down here. No in. problem. <laughs> Literally, my asshole is clenching just thinking about some of those moments. Like, I know that's vivid, but I. <sighs> oh. They are not the kindest. No, they're not. No. They're not. Even when you're the attorney and you're not actually mm-hmm. the person who did the thing that they. Yeah. Oh. So you're just there representing the party. Yep. A, a party. A party. Yeah. They're not all that way. They're not all that way, but there's enough of them. All of my experiences with that kind of heart stopping, I just want to shrivel up and die moments happened in federal court for sure. Yeah. All of them. So yeah. My first time in federal court, I was immediately struck with how the arguments were not really arguments so much. So in state court, for those who don't know, you can go into court and passionately argue your your position, okay? As an attorney, yes. as a pro se person, you can there's, go. There's a lot of theater in state court. There is a ton of I mean, yes, ton of theater. You can you can literally, you know, the the phrase maybe you don't that you can if you have the facts, you um, you know, bang on the facts. If you have the law, you bang on the law. If you have neither, you bang on the table. That yes. is state court. There's a lot of banging 100%. on the table in state court. See all of your characters in state court, your law and order episodes yes. in state court, like all of that stuff, 100% state court, state court theater. State court theater. Federal yeah. court, there is no banging on the table. There's no banging, period. There is yeah. standing. And if you have the facts, you stand and speak very clearly, concisely, and in a monotone. to the judge about the facts and the same way if you have the law and if you have neither you better come up with one of you better come up with something (laughs) that lines into facts or law because and it gets it gets there is a strange nebulous exception to this rule that is the article three courts Mm. administrative stuff bankruptcy sure sure yeah and I, I spent a lot of time in bankruptcy court back in the day, which where I was practicing is actually very cordial and cooperative in most instances, but still a very high expectation of formality yes. and decorum. That is what I mean. It's very high, high expectation. No theater, yeah. no antics, no grandstanding, no. no showing each other up. It's, it is, there's an expectation of professionalism and high professionalism. Yeah. Um, so composure. composure, keeping your composure is very important. Yeah. You'll be held in contempt in a moment. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, my point being, they don't mess around and that's where you're going to find yourself. And so that judge. In a, in a copyright lawsuit yes, for sure. And that judge is not going to take kindly to your petty mm-hmm. comments on the internet. They're just not. They're not going to find them funny. They're not going to be amused. So. Think about the things before you say them on the interwebs. Marketing and tip decide, of the week. as Heather has encouraged you to do in the past, whether you want your reaction or your goal. Yes. Because sometimes what you post 
is driven by feelings rather than yes the end result you're seeking. So great tip. Thank you, thank you. Broad, but totally relevant. Very like, relevant, and can be. Not every thought belongs on the internet. So true. So true. I have to remind myself of that, by the way. Like, this is not like a just for you tip. This is a. I oh, often. If I could tell you all the snarky things that I have had to withhold saying while we've been recording episodes. Like, mm-hmm. I will. I will bang out posts and then I will delete them. I yes. will bang them out and then delete them. And sometimes yep. I'll have my husband read them and he's like, no. And, <laughs> and if, well, if he say no, they you. must be pretty, pretty bad. <laughs> if my husband's saying you don't post that, it's, yeah. Yeah, because between the two of you, if I had to pick somebody who was a little bit more composed, it would be you <laughs> over him 99 times out of 100. So if he's telling you no, it's a hot take that you probably don't want out there forever. <laughs> Correct. Correct. So yes, find someone like that in your life. Yes. Everybody needs one of those on their team member. It doesn't have to be a spouse. My spouse would tell me to say whatever I wanted to because he thinks it's funny when I'm mad at people as long as it's not him. Yeah. Well, mine does but... too, but <laughs> he's, I think he finds that incredibly attractive, but you know, such is life. Um, but yeah, he will still, he'll be like, Heather, no, no, you can't say don't that. Do that. Don't do that. Yeah. So. Don't do that. Alrighty. Well, once again, you can have your goal or re- your reaction. I will continue to say this until it becomes yes. like a mantra yes. in the industry. Check yourself before check you yourself hit the before you just, hit the just check yourself. Yeah, just, just ten seconds. Reflect on it. Think about it. Make sure you're prepared for whatever the backlash might be. That's right. And until next time, this has been for <laughs> books' sake. <laughs>